Happy Sunday, everybody. We are, we're so thrilled you're here. Um, I got a confession to make on the front end of my message. I might have more than you can handle today. Um, part of the reason why is I spent a good chunk of last week in a cabin reading the Bible and praying with several other pastors from our church. And so I have a lot to throw out today. And I believe God wants to work in your heart. He wants to move powerfully. Um, I'd like to welcome all of our campuses who are joining us online. That's a little close to me. I was feeling claustrophobic. I just needed a little space from the TV. So got issues. But um, I'd like to welcome all the campuses that are joining us. South San Jose, Sunnyvale, Fremont, North San Jose. Let's put our hands together for all of our campuses joining us. If you're uh, just joining us, we are in week number two of a better series. It's called Better. Uh, but before we get there, I want to make sure you know when you walked in today and actually on your way out, you'll see that there is a pamphlet or a booklet that looks like this. We have them at all of our campuses. It's a 21-day journey of pray praying and fasting together. And we're inviting you into a journey to fast and pray for 21 days. In fact, this whole booklet has prayers, it has resources for you. If you go to our website, you'll see there uh, several resources, maybe even for you being new to church, this is like the first time you've ever done a, a fasting, or maybe even for you, you've never had a time where you would regularly pray. And the, the vision behind this is there's something powerful about starting your year saying, God, I, I want more of you in my life. Jesus said one, more t one time, uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And when you deprive your flesh or your body, maybe even if it's from food for a period of time, or you go off of Instagram or social media, or you delete TikTok from your phone, if you, if you for a time will pull back to make space for God to move powerfully in your heart, you experience something that happens in that. And I want to encourage you, I want to invite you, I want to challenge you. And there's something about a church together saying, oh God, we need you. We need you to move powerfully on our behalf. We need you to move in our lives, in our families, in our community. And we cannot do this thing without you. So pick up one of those booklets. Also, let us know on your connection card that you're making that decision. Uh, and we're going to journey together seeing God do great things in our midst over these next 21 days. Somebody asked, uh, do I have to pay for the booklet? And we said, you already did. So thank you for your faithful <laughs> generosity to Echo Church. Those of you who give generously, God's going to use that in a powerful way. Now, as we continue week number two of our Better Message series, we started last week talking about this idea of the ideal you. Like when you started off your new year, you had a picture in mind of who you would become this year. Maybe for you, it was an amount of weight that you wanted to lose or a certain way you wanted to interact with your kids or maybe even for you, there was something that you wanted to see change in your life and you already got through week number one of the year and you slapped your kids three times and you, you, you already ate at the football party, way too many nachos and here you are. So glad you're here, glad you made it to church. Um, and many of us live with this illusion of a perfect life. We have this image of the perfect me in mind. And maybe it's, again, a character trait or a part of you that you would like to change. We said last week that perfect is an illusion. We, we live with this belief that I'll eventually get to this desti destination and we climb, the higher we climb, the more we realize that that peak does not exist. And even for many of us, this illusion of perfection, this illusion of an ideal life leaves us frustrated, it leaves us empty, it leaves us discouraged, and actually diminishes the progress that we can make in any area of our life where God wants us to make progress. So the big idea of this series is better 
is better. Can we say that together? Better is better. I think we can do better than that. One more time. Better is better. It is. It's better when we make better the goal of our lives, we make better the goal of our marriages, better the goal of fitness, better the goal of our relationship with God. Better is better. So this whole series is about helping you identify areas of your life where God wants you to get better, you want to get better, and getting better. So last week we looked at priorities, or vision, excuse me, and today we're going to continue in this passage of scripture found in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Now it's important anytime we read the Bible to understand the context of what we're reading. So last week we talked about this letter, this book was a letter written to a guy by the name of Timothy. Timothy was a young leader, he was the pastor of the church in Ephesus, and Paul writes to him through the lens of inspiring him, encouraging him, and equipping him to pastor this church. This whole chunk of the Bible, this whole section of 1 Timothy chapter 4, 7 through 15 is about progress. It's the theme of the passage, progress in faith, progress in character, progress in who you're becoming. And Paul is trying to help Timothy become better, become more, and lead better. He says this, do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Now, stop for a second. I'm not sure if you've had any arguments over wives' tales this week. Um, But what he's saying is that sometimes in your life, you can focus on things that don't matter, that are not good. Your attention, your energy, your passion can be to things like godless ideas and old wives' tales. And many times in our life, the big struggle is good against bad or evil against good. But oftentimes, there's a different struggle that's at play. So Paul is going to highlight one struggle where you're wasting time, wasting energy, you're you're choosing the wrong thing, the evil thing. But there's another struggle that I want to drill down into today, and my guess is it's a struggle that you feel that it's something that you have felt even this week, maybe even you felt it today as you were making a decision whether or not you would come to church. But I'm gonna continue on before I tell you what that struggle is. See, Paul continues, he says, instead, train yourself to be godly. So godliness is not something that happens by proxy, like you get around somebody who's really godly or you, you, know, you, you just get some oil from a TV show and put it on and now you're godly or the, the preacher on TV who sends oil out. You know, it's, it is a training process. So over time, with God's help, you can become a different person. You can change. You can transform. You, you were angry. By God's grace, you can become loving and patient. You, you used to be depressed and you used to suffer with anxiety, but by God's grace, you can live with peace and joy. What Paul is saying is there is a training process like an athlete goes into training physically, somebody who makes a decision to follow Jesus. And even if you're not a follower of Jesus, there is a training aspect over the time. Your mind changes, your heart changes, and ultimately your character transforms over time. So he says, instead, go back, instead, train yourself to be godly. Now notice how he says yourself here for a second, because um, it's easy to want somebody else to take responsibility for your life. It's easy to want somebody else to be the one who trains you. You know, I have a guy who helps me from our church named Brandon. Brandon sends me workouts, it's awesome. And what I discovered is there, there's no Brandon showing up at my house on Monday morning to make me read the Bible. Even when he sends me workouts, I still got to get out of bed. I still have to set the alarm clock and get out of bed. 
And many of us, we are not growing, listen, we are not growing the way that we could because we still think it's somebody else's responsibility. You, you, you still think it's your echo group leader's responsibility. You, you still think maybe even it's your spouse's responsibility. Maybe even for those of you who are students, you think it's your parents' responsibility. But what God wants is a relationship with you. And what God wants is faith to become yours. So he's saying instead, train yourself to be godly. So my growth is my responsibility. Can we say that together? My growth is my responsibility. And we, we, want it, we want it to be somebody else's. But the longer you live like that, the more frustrated you'll be, the less progress you'll make. Paul says, train yourself to be godly. Then he goes on to say, physical training is what? It's good. So, you know, you, you might eat healthier this year and you know, measure out your macros and go to gym class and get yourself some new yoga pants that you put on and make sure they're Lululemons, all that, that's good. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is what? It's much better. Paul is going to start parsing out or dividing out here that there are some things that are good and there are other things that are better. Physical training, physical fitness, eating healthy is good, but training for godliness is much better. If you go through the scriptures and you read from Genesis to Revelation, the word better shows up about 130 times. And every time better shows up, it is helping us discern this is a value, but this is better. This is more significant. This is more important. There are verses in Proverbs that say things like, you know, money is good, but wisdom is much better. Wisdom is better than gold. Understanding is better than silver. There's another one. One of my favorites says that it's, a, it's better to eat a bowl of vegetables with somebody you love than a steak with somebody that you hate. I'm thinking about that because it's Daniel fast right now, and I'm like eating a lot of vegetables. And it's like, you know, I, I'd rather be with somebody that I care about eating a carrot and a cucumber a plastic cucumber than sitting down at LB steak with somebody that I cannot stand, with my frenemies. And what, what the scripture teaches is for you to distinguish good and better. Physical fitness is good, but training for godliness is much better. Why is it better though? Well, he says this. He says it promises benefits in this life and in the life to come. So there's more weight, there's more significance, there's a, a longer term impact with the training of your character. So that tension that I want to lean into is how do you choose that? That, that? There are so many things that are coming at you that seem like really good things. Like I get so many Slack messages and emails and text messages and phone calls. If I spent my whole day responding to all my Slack messages, I, I would have nothing to say to you on a Sunday. So how do I discern the thing that is better? Slack's not bad. If you work for Slack, God bless you. Thank you for that. But Slack, even though it's a good thing, there are things that are better. So how do you discern? So here's the big idea. Better progress comes from better priorities. You want better progress in any area of your life, you need better priorities. You want a be better progress in your marriage, you've been stuck in the same place, you need better priorities. I mean, so many married couples love their kids, great relationship with their kids, want a great marriage, but they got the priorities out of whack and the kids are first place and they wonder why their marriage struggles. 
I meet people in their finances and it's like, well, I, I want to get out of debt and I want to start living by a budget, but I don't want to trust God with the first part of my generosity. And if your priorities are out of whack, you're going to stay circling in the same place that you are. So if you want progress, you need what? You need better priorities. Better priorities leads to better progress. That's what we're going to drill down into. Now, Paul is making some very powerful, practical, helpful, spiritual statements here. And I want to break it down. One thing that Paul is saying is not every good thing is equally important. Not every good thing is equally important. And when we ask this question, we're trying to wrestle through how much does it matter? So for example, this is the week that we, in our family, we got bombarded, you know, now spring baseball starting up and one of our kids likes spring baseball and then we just signed another kid up for basketball and then we have another kid that wants to play football and then we, we have gymnastics and then we have after school activities and then we have student group on Wednesday and we live a very full life and all these things are really important and we want to we do all these things. We want our kids to be successful. We want to put them in an immersion school. We want all these things. There's like really good, important things. But then you have to step back and ask, how much does it matter? So for example, is travel baseball good? Yeah, it's great. I mean, you, you might be bored a little bit watching 12-year-olds for 14 hours a week, but it's good. How, how much does travel soccer matter for your kid? Well, is that a bad thing or a good thing? It's probably a good thing. They're going to learn how to work as a team. They're going to build relationships that matter. They're going to get discipline in their lives. All those things matter, but there are other things that are more important. Like, is it more important that the kid shows up for student group on Wednesday or that our family is in church on a Sunday? Absolutely. God bless you. You're here. So I'm not rebuking you. I'm just saying this priority, what is most important, not every good thing is equally important. And I meet parents that their kids get to 18 and 20 and turn away from God. And the whole way along, they're rushing them back and forth to travel soccer and baseball over here and football over here and after school stuff. And all of it was awesome and it was great, but they needed a parent to put a stamp or a stake in the ground to say, this is more important. We're gonna raise our family in the church. We're gonna be rooted in the word of God. We're gonna live for Jesus in our home. We're not gonna be succumbed to the winds of everything around us in our culture. Yes, we wanna be great. Yes, Yes, we want to run great miles and we want to succeed in our, our academics, but we're going to say this is important. God is first place in our home. What is most important? Not every good thing is equally important. The other aspect is not every good thing is equally significant. It, it isn't. I mean, there are great things that matter right now. I mean, the, the, the 49ers really matter right now to a lot of people in our church. Y'all, I... I am convinced of the grace of God that their game was on a Saturday this weekend. And it's not going to be during church next weekend. And even if something happens weird, we still have, you know, 11 services that you can choose from. And even if you want to watch online, you can do that. But right now, it really matters to a lot of people. I see you today with your red shirts on. God bless you. Um, but the question with significance is how long will it matter? So importance is how much, but Paul says training for godliness is, it, it, it's more important, it's much better, why? Because it promises benefits in this life and the next. 
So you're go- you, you will go somewhere for all eternity. And the person that you become on this side of eternity, you will take with you there. So if you prioritize your character, it's much better because it matters much longer than the, the, the clothes that you're wearing right now. It, it matters a, a lot more than, than even your 401k or, or, or what you do for, for your kids. All that, it, it matters, but there are things that matter more. They're, they're, they're better priorities. So for example, a couple years ago, I, would, like, I kept driving into the garage and we had two cars that we had parked in the garage. Now we have one. There's just some things that are, you just give up on. You know what I'm saying? It's like the belt that you used to wear. You're like, that was great for a while. Just get a bigger belt. You know, I just kept trying to squeeze in. It's like, you know, eventually. So we started parking one car in the, gar- in the street, but when we were two cars in the garage, um, I'd come home at the end of the day and kids' stuff would be everywhere. So, you know, skateboards and footballs and basketballs and baseball gloves and roller skates. And I mean, it was just, it would drive me nuts. And scooters. And I just like would start, I'm like, these kids can't pick up after themselves. And I come in and first five minutes at home, be like frustrated and angry. And then the thought occurred to me, you know, in about 10 years from now, I'm going to really wish there were some skateboards out here. I'm really going to wish there were some bikes in the driveway. And then my perspective changed because of what matters more and what's more important. But then, you know what was funny is then I, I shifted again. And what happened was I realized that my, bo- my, my sons who are 13 and 11, um, then I'd watch them not pick up after themselves when they were other places. So I'm like, oh, 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 oh wait, 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 wait. Now I'm not angry. I'm just trying to help you because you're, you're going to go on for a while. And this, this matters. So when you think through the lens of how long does it matter, it changes your perspective. Paul says, training for godliness matters in this life and in the next to come. Not every good thing is equally significant. It's equally important. And finally, the last one is, it's not equally relevant. So there are some things that, that, that maybe feel really important to you right now. And they're, they're right at the front of your mind. Students, I know, I remember what it's like to be a student. And your friends, they really matter. I'm just, I'm telling you, I'm not trying to shame you. I have three friends from high school that I still talk to. And I had like 50 when I was in high school. I, they all felt really relevant to me at the time. But the, not every good thing is equally relevant. So it matters. The question of relevance is when does it matter? It, we oftentimes get in a situation, you ever notice this, how people have a problem and they want to make it your emergency? You know what I'm saying? This happens in church all the time. People spend 50 years ruining their marriage and expect you to fix it in one day. Yeah. I need an appointment tonight, pastor, with you at 8 p.m. I got an emergency. How long has this emergency been happening? About 30 years, about 20 years. I want to help you, but I'm not going to make it my emergency because if your emergency becomes my emergency, then I have an emergency. So I'm going to lead you. I'm going to shepherd you. We're going to set up a time when I can meet, just like if you went to the doctor and then we'll help you there. Or then one of our echo group leaders or pastors will help you there. But we get, our, we get, we get other people's urgency and then it becomes our emergency and we ruin our lives. So you have to be able to distinguish when does it matter. My boys sometimes will send me messages on my watch requesting more time on their apps. And they'll say things to me like, don't you care? Don't you love me? I wanted more Fortnite time. I'm like, 
No, I was, I was in a meeting talking about the future vision of our church. Yes, I love you, but you, you, your Fortnite, you're more important than that, but your Fortnite's not. So that's why I pressed decline. If you ask me again, I'm going to keep pressing decline because it's not equally relevant. It's a when question. So you have to ask the question when. And what we're discerning with better priorities is we want to learn to do the right thing at the right time for the right reason. It's doing the right thing when it matters for the right reason from inside your heart. And any of these that you get out of alignment begins to cause frustration and angst and depression and lack of progress. So we want to do the right thing, right time, right reason. And what we recognize with priorities is order matters. The way you do it, the timing on it, the order of it really does matter. If I wake up on Monday morning and the first thing, and I've done this before, first thing I'm on email and Slack and text messages, my, for me personally, my whole day is gonna be a different day. If I wake up, I get down on my knees and I say, oh God, I need you first thing today. I'm dependent upon you, I can't live without you. Fill me with your power. Give me your presence, give me your wisdom. I open, I crack open the Bible. I read and I ask God to speak to me. And then I go from there and I work out and then I work out and I'm, I'm listening to worship music and I'm getting filled up as I go and my, my power, my energy is getting restored and then I get a shower and take the kids to school and then I take them to school and then I go and I sit down and do deep work. It's like every, the order that I put all that, I'll answer the emails, I'll respond to the Slack, but I gotta do this first. If I don't do this first, then everything in my life is out of, so listen, order matters. Order's, order matters, it does, in every area of your life. So 